0: Hi guys, Catherine here. I just wanted to take a minute and let you all know that after this episode, the Food Lens podcast will be taking a break, but don't go anywhere because we hope to pick the show back up this summer or just as soon as we can. We are so grateful for all of our listeners and for the small business owners and hospitality folks who have shared their stories during this difficult time. Your resilience is inspiring. We love that you love what you do and our minds and hearts are constantly with the Boston restaurant industry. So we are wishing everyone the best and hope to see you all on the other side of this. In the meantime, please keep your eye on thefoodlens.com. We will continue to cover the Boston restaurant scene and support the hospitality industry. Today, I'm gonna be chatting with Matthew Jennings, formerly of Townsman. Since leaving Boston, he moved to Vermont and has been living on a farm and is working on some very exciting new projects I wanna hear about. But in addition to being a four times James Beard nominee and a cookbook author, Matt was very early and very open about his struggles with his weight, with his health, with sobriety. And during such a difficult time, it just seems like a great time to reflect uh, and get some perspective uh, from Matt about how we can all prioritize taking care of ourselves and just being a little bit kinder to ourselves and those around us during this really difficult, challenging time. Before we get started, I just wanna take a minute and talk about 90 plus sellers. I don't know about you, but over the last several months, the pop of a wine cork at the end of a long day sounds especially sweet. 90 Plus Cellars is a Boston-based wine company, and you'll find their wines in retail shops all over New England. They work with highly rated wineries from around the world to bring you great value. Yes, you can uncork that delicious wine for under $10. But I especially love their reserve collection. It hits that $15 to $20 sweet spot. These wines are a step up in quality and come from some of the world's greatest wine regions. I love that you can browse by region on 90pluscellars.com. And I love to try wines from Sancerre or the Russian River Valley. They have wine from all over the world. You can also search by varietal, whether it's Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Noir that you're craving. Their wines are available in stores across Massachusetts and New England, but I'm always looking for ways to cut down on shopping trips these days. So buying wine online at 90pluscellars.com couldn't be more convenient. They also have a quarterly wine club, which is obviously a great deal, and you never pay for shipping. Is there anything better than stocking up on your favorite wine from your couch? Get 10% off your order with promo code TheFoodLens at checkout. That's 90plussellers.com. Check out our show notes for more info. All right. I am here today with Matthew Jennings. And Matt, are you in Vermont right now? Tell us I where you am are.
1: in Vermont, yes.
0: Awesome. So I think a lot of our listeners are really familiar with you. A lot of us dined at Townsman. Um, maybe some people even know you from Fermaggio Kitchen, but since most of them are significantly younger than I am, I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, can you, and you know I'm sure a lot of people follow along on your wellness journey, but can you kind of take us through um, a short version of your career path and how you went from being like a big city chef to hanging out with some pigs in Vermont and helping us all eat a little healthier?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So um, I've been cooking for, oh gosh, a long time, 25 years or so. Started uh, in my teens as kind of my first summer job, um, mostly in Massachusetts and then kind of branching out from there. But um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I stepped into the kitchen as a opportunity for kind of one of my first... My first jobs as a kid, and just got bit by the bug and loved it um, and and never really turned back. Um, I think it really kind of started to snowball in in college once I had given liberal arts uh, a try and uh, both my parents and I agreed that that was not necessarily the place for me, so I took a little time off from school and went back to cooking and uh, which had, you know, previously to that only really been a summer job um, and uh, just jumped in with both feet. Ended up going to culinary school and um, on through my career of working for some awesome chefs and restaurateurs and food mavericks and then uh, slowly starting to open places of my own. So um, it's, been a, it's been an awesome, awesome wild ride.
0: Well, one thing that I think is kind of interesting, obviously this is such a like devastating difficult time for chefs and restaurant owners. But and I talk a lot about the business side with people um on this podcast, but I think um for lack of a less cheesy word, self-care is, you know, so important right now and you have been so on the forefront of being really open about your wellness journey and like your journey to, to take better care of yourself and and your family by extension. And I, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you're managing during these tough times and, you know, how, how that's affected, you know, how that perspective has, has affected you over the last few months.
1: Yeah, it's been, I think it's been a lot for everybody kind of regardless of, um, you know, your, uh, socioeconomic or, you know, um, geographical, uh, you know, area or, um, condition or, um, you know, what have you, it's been, it's been tough for everyone, right. To some degree. Um, I, you know, embraced a much more defined, uh, health journey for myself back in 2016. Um, when I had a bunch of kind of health challenges and had some addiction issues and, um, just kind of everything came to a head for me. And I was, I was kind of given the opportunity to either, you know, fight and create uh, a new path for myself or to kind of succumb. Um, and so I decided on, uh, the former, um, and it really just changed my life, changed my diet, um got some help and, uh, started making adjustments. Um, and I think part of that had to do with kind of turning a little bit older. And, and as we get older, we start to kind of recognize what really is important to us. And, you know, for me, my family was, was number one and is number one. Um, my, my wife and my kids and my direct family. So, um, the pursuit of kind of the, you know, ego-driven chef lifestyle, I guess, and and the accolades and the awards and the magazine covers and the television shows and all that sort of stuff really didn't matter as much uh, to me um, as making sure that I was healthy because I knew that if I was healthy, everybody else around me would be healthy as well um, and that those relationships would be intact. So so that really was my major shift in focus. I kind of just had a come into, come into God moment, if you will, in 2016, and everything's changed since then. Um, so I've been sober now four years and uh, had changed my diet and certainly kind of doing my best to, uh, to to stay as active as possible and eat well. I mean, I'm like everybody else. I've got, uh, you know, my ups and downs and different kind of, you know, days Um but it's been it's been super rewarding and has been really like uh, has given me a really amazing, clear uh, kind of just discovery of of for me, what what life is about and. Um, and and through covid i think it's gotten really hard right it's gotten hard for everyone i've definitely kind of put on the covid 10 you know and like uh Same. put on <laughs> put on a, co- a couple pounds and uh you know turn to ice cream at uh at, at midnight to self soothe and what have you but um but yeah i mean it's it's been a challenge and i think that the key for everybody right now is just finding those unique ways that we all have to just stay engaged and keep our brains moving and keep our bodies moving and that can be You know, so many different things for different people. Um, I mean, even if it's just down to getting outside and walking and, um, you know, I I think the key right now for me is because we live here in this amazing place in the middle of the woods in Vermont is to be outside. Um, Nature has been super healing for me. Um, And so finding time every week to get outside and whether it's go for a hike or go for a run or get on the bike or. Um you know, just take the dog out i mean uh it's been it's been a challenge but uh but I feel blessed that we're here in this place for sure
0: I love that you're you know you talk about it like the journey that it is, you know it's not like and I had an epiphany and I lost a bunch of weight, and now everything's like easy and it's done with like this is whether it's sobriety or it's weight or it's you know work life not like it's a forever it's forever work with ups and downs, and I think with you know we talked about this a little bit or alluded to it, but like the sort of tide coming out during COVID, I'm sure there are lots of people who are thinking like, I need to make a change. I'm seeing, I'm seeing these things are, are right in front of me now that I'm at home or, or whatever, or I've lost my job or whatever. And, you know, you said being outside is helpful. What would you say are some of the first steps that somebody could take if they're feeling like they need to make a major change, whether it's with food
1: or alcohol or, you know, work? Well, um, I mean, I think that for for me, some things that really helped was, was getting active and carving out the time that I needed to carve out in my schedule to really focus on me. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't do, right? We don't prioritize self. Um, we live in a world where we kind of are... In this funnel of constantly having to put one foot in front of the other and you know, whether it's you feel like socially you have to keep up with the Joneses or you know work is, um, you know, something that is uh, overwhelming and constantly pushing you to, to stay on top of, of, uh, of things, Um we have to slow down, we got to pump brakes. we got to carve out time for ourselves. And that can be really hard. And, and uh, particularly when you have families and professional uh, commitments. And um, I think that was a big change for me was was making time, um, you know, and, and getting people around me to understand that, like that time was necessary for me, like, you know, when I would check out of meetings, or I would tell people I couldn't make events, or I would, you know, start to really look at my calendar and say, what's, what's important to me? Like, I need to fight for what's important to me. Um, I am the king of like, taking on too much. My wife will tell you it drives her crazy. Like I'm a yes man. Um, And, and that I had to really look at that, right? Um, I had to really kind of examine that about myself and say, why, why, why is that? Why do I feel like I always have to say yes? And I think part of that's being like a hospitalitarian, right? Like my whole life, I've always just been a yes guy. Um, Because you want to make people feel good and you want to provide and you want to create experiences and all that stuff is valid. But at the same time, like what happens on the backside of that, right? Like you kind of lose your sense of self and your commitment to your own mental and physical health. And um, so I had to I had to kind of take that uh deep breath and really examine you know what were the things that were important to me and fight for the time that I needed to to get to get well. Um and I think other people, you know, maybe not in as severe ways, but I think other people have to do the same thing. Um for me, something that's super helpful is journaling. Like I really find a lot of um a lot of wellness in being able to put a physical pen to paper and like spend time you know mapping out my weeks and my months and thinking about wh- what i want to achieve and how um keeping track of uh my successes and my failures whether it's like with you know diet and exercise or it's professional or relationships or whatever like that stuff matters and it, it gives me kind of a keystone that i can like look back on and reflect on and try to incrementally make improvements um so i think that's a huge that's a huge piece of the puzzle for me. Um I've got like, I mean you can't see it, but I have l- my office is literally just moleskins on moleskins. I just like I-, I love it. I love it. It's like such a purifying thing for me. In fact, my boys now, I've gotten them into doing it too and they spend time before they go to bed every night kind of just writing a little something about their day or like oh, it's great. It's great. That's awesome. Um so that's that's a big piece of it. Um I think also, you know, some other things um are, can be really simple solves, right? Like looking at how you're eating and, um, making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Like, I think all of us suffer from like not getting enough sleep, particularly in 2020, (laughs) (laughs) um, for, for a lot of different reasons that I won't go into, but like, it's been a stressful, you know, 12, 18, okay. Four years. Um, and like, I think we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and our sleep patterns. And, and that's like a huge priority for me. Um, I never used to be that way. I was always like a burn a can burn the candle at the both ends type of person. And I'd work till 2am and I would go home and crash and then, you know, wake up at seven and get back after it. Um, now I'm literally in bed at like nine o'clock, 930. I never thought I would be that person. Um, but that's, that's been, that's been a huge positive change for me. And, uh, you know, I'm up at like five o'clock every morning, ready to go.
0: That's awesome. And I did want, I want to talk about that, that big change and what that's been like for you. So I also had an early job at Formaggio Kitchen, scraping, scraping cheese. I've worked in, I've worked in restaurants. I knew early on that that like lifestyle wasn't going to work for me. And that's why I went to the media side of things. Um, But then my mom also grew up on a dairy farm in in the Northeast Kingdom. So I have a little bit of an idea of like your before life and your afterlife. That is one hell of a shift. So talk to me about your life in Vermont, what that looks like for you, how food plays plays a new role. I want to hear about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vermont has been amazing. You know, it's funny because Vermont has always like, I say, it's always been there. Um, For me, I, you know, so I mean... As a New Englander, like growing up here, it always kind of held this mystique, I think, as a place that I would look towards the north from Boston as a kid growing up and be like, oh, man, it's so cool up there. There's mountains and there's like lakes and rivers and it's just so wild. And um, I was always like kind of intrigued by it for some reason. And then once I started to focus my efforts on culinary um, and I had taken a year off from liberal arts school and I was really thinking about what my next steps were, New England Culinary Institute presented itself um, in Montpelier, Vermont, as an opportunity to go and get a culinary education. And I was like, you know, I would looked at a, a couple other schools, but like for me, it was like to be in Vermont, I mean, and be able to, to gain culinary knowledge at the same time was like the best of both worlds. Um, so I jumped on that and I, and I went to Neki um, and I lived here for, you know, three or four years while I went through the program there, both my associates and then my bachelor's um, in hospitality management. Um, and it was a really transformational time for me. I was seeing things that I'd never experienced before as a cook, um, like foraging with, you know, instructors and, you know, going out and finding wild mushrooms in the fall or going to slaughterhouses, like seeing that for the first time. Um, just a lot of like firsts, like in the culinary world for me. And so Vermont always had, I always had that connection with Vermont and understanding that there was such an incredibly strong food ecosystem here, um, was, you know, not just a transform- transformational time in my life, but something that I always kind of kept in the back of my mind throughout, you know, my time living in Providence and then Boston and so on and so forth. Um, so when uh, the chance kind of presented itself again to to, to come back here, um, well, I should say, I should preface that by saying I ended up marrying a Vermont girl, which I was not expecting. Um, <laughs> but I, I met my wife-to-be at Formizio Kitchen, who was baking at the time, Kate. Um, and, and Kate uh, was born and raised um, in West Arlington, Vermont, north of Bennington. And You know once we kind of fell in love and got married and actually ended up getting married up here um in Waitsfield, um i was like whoa this is really interesting that this is all like a rat circles around vermont somehow um and it was just you know it was it was a kind of a cool um realization that vermont had some sort of like like integral link to to me and my life and and kate and and our life um and so, when we sold our restaurant in Boston, um, and we're trying to kind of figure out what to do next, you know we were free. we didn't have a brick and mortar, we could do anything. Kate had missed you know her her home of West Arlington up here, and I certainly was all about i mean I will admit I was the one kind of pushing the conversation like we're free, let's go, let's do this. She was definitely more hesitant because she has and had such an incredibly strong community in Boston, including her family. Um, but we found this little piece of property up here that just like was amazing and spoke to us. And I have a cousin that lives in the same town we do and she was, you know, we're coming up and spending time with them and the cousins and my kids were spending time with their cousins and, um, and so it just kind of felt right and, uh, it felt like the right time. Um, and so we jumped and now we've been here for a little over a year. Um, we're about 15 minutes South of Burlington on this amazing little community and, uh, on about six acres and just kind of like, I don't know, we went from zero to 100 the first year, we we decided to jump into kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we're farmers, but we were definitely kind of decided to jump into agriculture. And um, we decided to team up with some farmer, local farmer friends of ours, who mentored us into our first season of, of growing. Um, and then we got a bunch of animals. And we got, you know, chickens and pigs and the sheep are coming. And you know, everything just kind of started to like I don't know, happen and fall into place. So, um, it's been, it's been amazing, but it's, uh, it's a whole different like life and workflow and, you know, it's, it's very different. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But it sounds like no regrets. You're, you're not sad that you left the, the hustle and bustle of Boston.
1: No, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I love it. Um, I mean, I tell Kate, like I could literally be here and never leave and be totally happy, which is probably like an overstatement, but, um, I do feel that way about Vermont. Um, I miss, I mean, I certainly miss things about Boston for sure. I mean, I think Kate and I both miss like the accessibility to everything, you know, the opportunity to kind of like walk out your front door and go do whatever you definitely cannot do that in Vermont. Um,
0: You can't really do it right now in Boston either, Matt, if that makes you feel better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's like the thing that's been so amazing, right? Like we got here a year ago, July, and got kind of our first summer settled in, got into school, you know, had a great like fall with the boys and, you know, new schools and new friends and sports and all that stuff. And then like all of a sudden, you know, coronavirus happens and we're just like, whoa, talk about timing. Like... You know, I I, think like we've talked, we've spoken with our family, obviously we speak with our family constantly. We've spoken with friends over the course of the last year. And like, um, I, I feel like, like we're blessed to be where we are, you know, um, are on top of like the fact that we have space and our boys can like go outside and be in the woods and, you know, um, down with the pigs and whatever, like, um, our state has handled things pretty well. And, uh, there's a lot of respect up here um, for, uh, you know, following the rules, um, and, and doing things, uh, that will hopefully, um, you protect our fellow, you know, citizens. And like, I think there's a, there's a good amount of respect up here for that. And, and not say there isn't in Boston, but I think it's just, it's a tighter knit community. Um, you know, there's less of us, but, uh, because of that, I feel like Vermonters kind of, um, you know, have, have a great respect for one another. And, uh, and, and, you know, these small little pockets of community are like driven by um, relationships. And, you know, everybody knows everybody's business, which is like, you know, can be good and bad. Um, But it it creates a really, a really great sense of community and and a network of of friends. And, you know, we're grateful for all that.
0: We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. With the holidays coming up, I wanted to take a minute and talk to you guys about Curd Box. So Curd Box is this amazing monthly cheese subscription. It's from the owners of Curds & Co, which is an incredible Brookline cheese shop. Matt and Jen, the owners, have a couple of cheese shops in Boston and they are fantastic people with great taste. So these Curd Boxes, They feed enough for two to three for dinner, because sometimes, I mean, let's be real, we just wanna eat cheese for dinner, or six to eight for nibbling. And they come with three different artisanal cheeses. They have some accoutrements, little specialty food snacks. And they also come with a dedicated Spotify playlist. And they have a Curdcast podcast. They also throw in some wine pairing cards so you know exactly what to sip with your cheese. So check out Curdbox.com and use the promo code FOODLENS at checkout for $10 off your first order. That's Curdbox.com and use the promo code FOODLENS for $10 off your first order. So while you're settling into this new community, tell me, you know, professionally what's happening for you right now. What's going on with Full Heart? Like where... What, is, what are you writing in that journal for next year that you can tell us about on, on a professional
1: level? Yeah, so I've got um, a lot of things going on. Um, I like to stay busy. I'm definitely not one that likes to be idle. Um, so on top of everything we have going on here um, at, our, at our property, well, I should mention also we're putting a commercial kitchen in our barn and um, I'm working to uh, develop some opportunities for – kind of a little food service operation out of our barn, which is really exciting. Um, awesome. I had plans to do it last uh, spring. Um, and I it was funny because yesterday I was looking back at all my – again, my journal notes, uh, for, for what I'm creating and calling red barn kitchen, um, that were from February of last year. And then all of a sudden it just like stopped. Um, and that's when we kind of pivoted and got into really spending our time, um, on the infrastructure on the farm and, and what we're doing with the land. Um, cause I was originally planning on opening the barn in May. So now, you know, it's been, uh, it's been this crazy year. Um, and, uh, and we've pivoted and now I'm, we've just broken ground. So now we're planning for this coming May, 2021 um, of being Red Barn's first, uh, first kind of inaugural year. But um, so we're working on that project. Um, definitely. That's more me than Kate. Kate's kind of like, you know, I don't know how much interest Kate has in like being back in a kitchen working right next to me again. So <laughs> she's kind of like, if you need this to be, you know, have your hands in food all the time, then go for it. I'll stand from the sidelines and help you. But um, but it's definitely been a more of a more of a me project. Um, Full Heart is is raging and doing its thing. My amazing uh, partner Jason Rose is out in San Francisco, um, and he uh, has covered um, all of the West Coast projects, and and we've collaborated on the all the projects in between um, San Francisco and Boston, um, and other and uh, you know out of the country as well. And uh, he's really kind of taken like majority control right of like the the direction creatively and and um operationally of full heart um as i was really missing like you know being somebody who has constantly worked with teams and like been in the trenches and hand my had my hands in product like i was really missing that about about consulting and i wasn't able to do that as much um towards the end um of the majority of my work with full heart, because um, we were doing some really amazing stuff, but not as much of like the real restaurant stuff. Um, and so, you know, I found a couple things here locally that I really loved. I started doing some consulting for uh, a local natural foods um, store, uh, grocery store called Healthy Living. Um, And Healthy Living is this amazing um, family-owned 35-year-old institution here in Vermont and um, natural foods um, grocery with a built-in food service and cafe. And I was consulting with them on some projects and and kind of one thing turned to another. And um, through a series of conversations, they created a VP of culinary role for me. Um, and so I've come in really full time to help drive their programs and uh, carry them into, you know, 2021 and beyond as we open a bunch of new stores and create new platforms and opportunities and grow the company. Um, it's been super, super exciting and it's allowed me to be kind of back in the trenches, back working with teams, you know, writing menus, like doing all that stuff that I'm really great at. Um, So I've stayed on board with Jason um, in full heart to kind of help support him and also, um, you know, segue him um, into a place of uh, really taking direction of the company while I kind of also do do my stuff here locally on the ground. So it's been it's been fulfilling and like a lot of moving pieces and, um, you know, it's it's a lot, but it's it's good. It's keeping me keeping me busy and occupied.
0: Awesome. Well, we're super excited to check out. Uh, Red Barn (laughs) when you guys are open and when we can go to Vermont again and when all of that sort of settles down. Um, And yeah, I think that's it for questions for you. So it's funny. Most of the people that we speak with are in kind of the more direct Boston area. And so lately I've been ending on like, what's your favorite takeout at the moment? Um, I don't know how applicable that is here. So I would love to hear like, what are you cooking at home or, and you know, what is something that you recommend we all be cooking at home right now?
1: I love it. Well, I mean, this time of year, I'm like a, I'm a stews type of person. So we've been doing a ton of like vegetable stews and vegetable curries, and um, you know, I, I am like f- have fallen in love with like my you know my hot pots, right? And like my my my, my uh, overnight like cookers and stuff. So those have been awesome. Um, and I think as we start to get ready to hunker down here, it looks like again for a while, uh, with everything that's going on in the world, it's really nice to be able to know you can create a recipe, you know, season some meat uh, or vegetables, put them in you know your Instapot and like walk away, and that the next day you'll have something like delicious and like fall off the bone and you know brazy and and yummy and full of flavor to, to look forward to. So the Instapots have been uh, have been pretty awesome for us.
0: <laughs> I'm like such a not gadget girl, but I am evangelical about my Instant Pot and I'm just like, dude, if you don't have one, it's worth the count of real estate. Like you gotta do it. <laughs> it's a steep learning curve and then you're set. Uh, where do you go for recipes for instant pot? Because I feel like people, it's not something that you can just sort of intuit out. Like, is there a cookbook or a site that you like for instant pot recipes?
1: You know, that's a great question. I, I'm sure there are some out there. I'm not I don't I'm not aware of like an Instant Pot uh cookbook per se um we just experiment like we just constantly are playing around and um you know i did this huge purchase i did this like pandemic panic purchase of like uh beans uh right when the pandemic kicked off from from uh, rancho gordo yeah from my buddies at rancho gordo exactly <laughs> exactly like i got in touch with steve and i was like oh my god we here's what i need cuz i knew that like he was going his business was going crazy and so yeah. as soon as I start thinking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, like I panicked and, you know, put in this massive order for literally like 25 pounds of different beans. And so our pantry has been full of all these different beans and legumes. And so those are winding their ways into the pot, uh, you know, week after week. So
0: we are going to run out of time, but I have two quick questions for you because I have an instant pot bean struggle Do you soak them and do you – how do they not get blown out? Do you just like not do the quick release? Like what's the trick for not getting blown out beans in the Instant Pot?
1: So I, it depends on the beans. Some I soak, some I don't um and exactly it's it's all about that quick release that's that's exactly right um you know sometimes too we've had we've had luck with brining them which is really interesting I do like a hot mm. brine on beans and so we'll like actually boil water with a nice flavorful brine in it and then soak the beans in that but but only soak them for like a couple hours and then pull them out and then cook those in the in the pot and they come out awesome
0: okay okay so you don't use that water the salty water right right
1: that you right, right. In. you discard that and start fresh yeah
0: and how much salt – I'm getting in the weeds now. How much salt to water?
1: Um, I mean I would say probably like you know, a couple tablespoons per cup, right? Per pretty, cup. Okay, pretty, so pretty, real salty. Pretty salty. But that's only because you're doing it for a couple – you're only doing it for a couple hours, you know?
0: Okay. And then you would just cook it in the Instant Pot? Yep,
1: and then strain them, rinse them, and then, you know, into the Instant Pot with whatever like additional liquid or vegetables or flavorings you want.
0: And how long do you do for beans?
1: Um, it depends. I mean, again, on the bean, um, what did we do the last time? I'd have to look and see. Um, but it, it, it it's longer than you think, you know?
0: Yeah. There are some good charts online. People should check. Cause again, it's just, it's not like on the stovetop where you can just be like, Oh, when four are right, then the whole thing, like you got to kind of have an idea of what you're getting into.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go make some beans cause it's Saturday. <laughs> just kidding. I'm going to go wrangle my children and my dog and figure figure out the day but it was really lovely to chat with you um i hope that you stay you know safe and healthy in vermont and thank you for, for you sharing too. everything and we're excited to check out red barn when you guys yeah open
1: up. you too thanks it was a pleasure and uh stay safe stay healthy stay motivated
0: thanks all right take care matt
1: the food lens podcast is hosted by katherine smart and produced by isaac price slade if you enjoyed what you heard please subscribe and share the show with friends and family. Your help means so much to us. And as always, check out thefoodlens.com for the best restaurants and bars in Boston.